I love you this morning. I thank you for being here today. I tell you all the time, there are tons of churches in Clemson and, and Pendleton that you could be at. But I appreciate you choosing to join us this morning for worship. Amen. Join us for church this morning. I'm about to turn to someone nearby you this morning and say, good morning. Amen. Good morning. Some of you are just now waking up. And then some of you are about to drift off. I know my people. Church of God of Prophecy is worldwide, and, and I forget how many nations, over a million members, we are part of that organization. I'm proud to be a part of a church that is, that is working to win people to the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm glad for that. Thankful for those who have uh, labored so very hard to have what we have here at this church, in this community. And I want to see the Lord continue to bless and minister and move in this community. Do you want to see that? You want to see souls saved and lives changed in this community? Amen. And we're not the only ones that work. We're not the only ones that work. There are other churches that are at work and people that are at work. But here, we want to concentrate our focus and our work. And so for these 21 days, we will be fasting. Some will be doing the Daniel fast. Some will be doing absolute fast. Some will be doing different kinds of fast. And I don't really care how you do it as long as you honor the Lord with what you do. We also are, are calling for a time of not only Daniel fast, but Daniel pray. The Bible said that Daniel was accused. One of the only things that they could accuse him of and try to trap him in, in the Old Testament, to get, try to get rid of him, was in his prayer life. Oh, that they would say that about us. Amen. That they would look at our lives and they couldn't put a finger on anything except that we just prayed too much. So this season, during this time, we're going to be praying together three times a day. And I'm not trying to set and control your prayer life or anything, but I'm trying to en encourage us to pray corporately together. In fact, we've set times for these 21 days, 6 in the morning and 12 noon and 6 in the evening. And if you miss a time, please don't beat yourself up. Catch the next one. Amen. If you can't get there at 6 or can't do it at 6, or 12 or 6, do it as close as you can. The only reason why we are calling for a corporate time is I believe there is power when God's people pray together. Amen. On the back of your bulletin this morning, I've given you even prayer focuses for those times. In the morning, your prayer focus is on praise and on personal needs and preparing yourself for the day is surrender to the Lord. I've asked everyone to at least pray, and this is little, this is, this is small, but at least pray. Time yourself. Pray at least five minutes each time. By the time we get done during the day, uh, you will have prayed 15 minutes total during that day. Concentrated prayer in the Lord. And for some folks, listen, that's a boost in their prayer life. And for us, it is a concentration in our prayer life. At lunch, we are concentrating on the loss. We're concentrating on the healing that needs to take place in people's lives. And in the evening, we are concentrating. I'm asking you to concentrate your prayers on uh, the church, the church worldwide, uh, the church here in this community, that God would just use us and other people in this community to win the laws. How many of you believe that prayer is important? Amen? Amen. Also in your bulletin, you'll find different things that are going to be happening during this time. And uh, I won't announce all those because... Uh, they're a little ways off, but get your bulletin. It's also got your calendar, uh, calendar for this month as well, all the things that are going on for this month. And also in today's bulletin, there is an insert, uh, prayer directives, 
uh, that have been sent down. We, you will have that every, every week. Prayer directives from headquarters that are asking you to pray for our nations and pray for our churches in our nations and our leaders in our nations. And, uh, and we want to do that. So let's, let's pray together this week. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for today. I want to help us out. I want to help myself out. I want to help you out this morning. We are entering into a new year. We are entering into a new time. I, I was, uh, I was uh, somewhere just the other day and someone said, new year, new you. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, whatever cliches you need to use. We're starting a, a new year and this is a new opportunity, I guess, to, to start some things new. But I want to talk to you this morning about the most important thing that you need to do in this year. If you will stand with me all over the building one more time for the reading of his word. Ephesians chapter 5, I want to read verses 8 through 11, and then we're going to skip down to verse 15 through 18. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit and all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. See then, uh, that, skip down to verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you because it is the power of God and the salvation to them that believe. So God, I ask you, Lord, to help us. Help me this morning. Help me this morning. Help me, Lord. Give me the words. Speak to us, God, and help us to receive those words that you have for us. Help us to believe that we might be saved, that we might be changed, God, that your will will be done in our lives. We thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do in this place with the power of your word. For it's in the name of Jesus, we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is giving some direction here to the church at Ephesus. Several things in this scripture that he talks about. Several things that he uh, instructs the church in and trying to help the church and trying to help individuals about their own lives. Ephesians chapter 5 he talks about things like walk as children of the light. He said, you were, you were sometimes darkness. You used to be in darkness. You used to walk in darkness. You used to do the things that you do in darkness. How many, how many of you know there are things that, that people do in darkness that they don't like to bring to light? Amen? Although in this time and day, everything in darkness, they just flows over into light. Nobody's shamed of nothing anymore. He said, but you were darkness, but you're not darkness anymore. So walk as children of the light. Several weeks ago, or a couple, two or three months ago, we were, we were over at Seneca Church, and uh, I was quoting or, or talking about something that uh, Jason Franklin had said somewhere, and I don't quote people like that all the time, but he, he just said something that, uh, that made so much sense but was so simple. He said, uh, he said there's a difference in being saved. When you're saved, there's a difference. Saved is different than any other way. If you're saved, there's a walk that you walk. 
You say there's a talk that you talk. And I'm not talking about Christianese and all these these and thou languages and, and stuff like that. I'm talking about there's a, there's, a, there's a way that you talk, the way that you speak to people, the way that you speak to one another, the way that you speak to the Lord. There's a walk that you walk that is different. Amen. It should be. Amen. There's a, there's a difference between safe folk and unsafe folk. There should be a difference. Why? Because we were in darkness, but now we are in light. So Paul says, you ought to walk as children of the light. In fact, he says, don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works, works of darkness. He said, but rather reprove them, correct them, speak about them, so that they will know this isn't the way of the Lord. He says in that next verse, and we didn't read that one, but, but, but he, he says in that next verse, he says, For it's a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But it, it just seems like darkness and, and, and living in darkness, those kinds of things are not only spoken about, but it's funny, it's, it's, it's in our face on TV all day. But folks, can I remind you one more time this morning, uh, some of you were darkness, uh, but now you are children of the light, so let us walk as children of the lie. Amen. He says, walk with purpose. Walk circumspectly. Walk with purpose. He says, redeem the time. We all know time is short, so make good use of the time. Don't waste time. He says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Be filled with the things of this world, including that. Amen. Including that. Don't be filled with those things. Says, I'm telling you, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you help me preach that this morning? Those of you who believe that, would you look at somebody this morning and tell them, be filled with the Holy Ghost? I just need you to help me with that this morning. You know, last, last Sunday night, I believe it was, I was preaching, and, and, and I, we, were talking about, we were talking about this spiritual warfare that's going on around us. And, and I, you know, y'all know I ain't, I ain't one of them spooky folk. I can't stand spooky folk. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all looking for spook everywhere. Ooh, ooh, uh, you know, the devil under every, every, <laughs> under every rock behind every door. You know, the door moves. Oh, the devil's here. I, I hate that kind of spooky mess. But, but, but we need to understand that we are in such a spiritual warfare, and in order to do what we need to do in this life, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But he says here in this, in this section of Scripture, he says, know what the will of God is. Know what the will of God is. Know what the will of God is. As we move forward into this, into this new year and into this time, I'm telling you, one of the... One of the most important things that you need to do is to make sure that you are walking, living in the will of God. You, you and I need to be walking and living in the will of God. And you know, a lot of people have made this will of God thing so confusing and so, so mysterious and all that kind of good stuff. But it is not that mysterious. It is not that confusing. In fact, Paul says, you can know what the will of God is. You know, there's certain things that is the will of God in general, like, like bringing God glory and bringing honor to him and everything that we do. That, that, that's, that's the 
the will of God. We are created to praise him. We are created to worship him. Uh, we are to share Jesus with, with folks. We are to make disciples. We know that there are some general purposes about the will of God. He says to follow him. He said you've got to deny yourself, take up your, his, your cross, and, and follow him. We know that there are general purposes, but I think what has happened is we have become so so uh, obsessed with God's personal will for our life. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just don't know what I'm... We're so obsessed with that that we're not doing even the other part. And folks, I'm telling you, if you do the first will of God, and that is to bring glory and honor to Him, He'll lead you in all that other personal stuff. You know, there, the, Jesus said, and, and the Bible teaches us, that, that we'll find Him when we seek for Him with all of our heart. It, it's, 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 this thing is not hard but this thing is necessary to us, that we need to walk in the will of God. Every one of us are going to walk a different walk as far as some of the things that we do. Amen. We are. Um, Gabriel's here, and, and, uh, and uh, Sabrina's here. Yay. Good to see you, darling. Uh, Gabriel's here, and he is in, what is it that you're in? Coast? What? Military. I'm sorry. Army, National Guard, you say? Okay. He is, I'm not doing that. Well, first of all, I'm too old for that. But uh, even when I was younger, that was just not, that was just, can y'all imagine me in the <laughs> Just not that part. <laughs> That's, that, that wasn't my walk. That wasn't my walk. James is here. James is, uh, is uh, James is fine. We were talking the other day. James is one of our Clemson students. And, and uh, he, he would talk, so how's classes going? What's coming up next? next? And so there's been some switching in, in some of the, uh, classes and, and his major and that kind of stuff. He's just come to come to to uh, the conclusion uh, with the help of the Lord and, and some advisors that he just needs to change one thing to another and, and minor in this and you know do some changes in his education. Why? Because he's got to find that walk. He's got to he's got to be in that walk. You know, Bud didn't. Bud and I didn't go to college. Bud is a mechanic. I know nothing about cars because that's not my walk. I don't want to know nothing about cars because then people want me to do stuff with their cars and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just don't want to. You know, a bud has a walk in his everyday life. You know, Tracy, uh, Tracy works at a business and she does our books and she's very good at that kind of stuff, budget stuff and very meticulous and, and organized. Well, that's not my walk either. I struggle with my own stuff, much less everybody else's stuff. You know, Rick, Rick can do anything with wood. When we got ready to remodel this church after, right after I got here, uh, it was the funniest thing because we said, let's go, and we started going. We started ripping off, paneling off the walls and that kind of stuff, and they would work, and I would walk around and just inspect everything. <laughs> you know, I'd walk around like I knew what was going on. Mm -hmm, yes, that looks good. That's right. You know, but Rick, Rick knew exactly what was doing, knew exactly what, how, how it happened, because that's what he does. That's his walk. That's not my walk. But never one of them is having to walk my walk, you know. Uh, early in my 20s, the Lord uh, started calling me again into ministry, and I went into ministry I, for over 20 years. I evangelized, and the Lord called me here to pastor, and, and, and this is my walk. And, and, and all of us have a different walk, but every one of us will have to acknowledge that in our walk, we have got to be obedient to the will of God. Why? Because he must be first and he must be glorified in it all. Amen? No matter what we choose to do in this life, 
no matter what our walk is, the most important thing about our walk needs to be that we are walking in the will of God. That is how we make our choices. We make our choices according to the will of God as he is directing us in our lives. How important is it to do the will of God, to walk in the will of God, to live in the will of God? How important is it? How important is it? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Jesus said, not everyone, now listen, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody who's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is going to make it. So, so what does he say about that? He says, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. That, that first start of the will of the Father is that we give our lives to Christ. That we let him be, that we ask him and, and, and submit ourselves for him to be Lord of our lives. And from there on out that we are to follow him. We are to follow him. How important it is, is it for us to do the will of God? To live in the will of God? Well, Jesus said, not everybody who's doing all this, woo, Jesus, oh, yes, well, less than highly flavored. I mean, favorite, excuse me, that's food. <laughs> we started our fast today. <laughs> you know, he says, the ones who are going to make it is the ones who are following my will, who is doing the will of the Father, which is in heaven. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 15, uh, he, he says, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and my mother. Now, I'm just giving you pieces of, of, of events that are going on. I'm just giving you that, that little piece. How important is it to do the will of the Father? Well, to do the will of the Father means that you have this certain relationship with Jesus that other people don't have even though they were related to him. You know, when Jesus was here, he was born of flesh and blood, and he had brothers and sisters, and he had, he had families and cousins and all that kind of good stuff, and they were blood-related. But there's a relationship that you can only have in Jesus through doing the will of the Father. For doing the will of the Father. In fact, Jesus said, you're my friend if you'll do my commandments. If you'll do what I say, do, you're my friend. Come on, saints, amen. There's a relationship. Jesus said, if you want to make it to heaven, if you, want to, if you want to make it there, he says, you need to do the will of the Father. If you want to have this relationship that I want to have with you, you need to be doing the will of the Father. People who start operating out of the will of God, not only for their life, but in general, people who start operating out of the will of God, they begin to distance themselves up from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that wants to have right relationship at all times. God wants to give you direction. God wants to give you help. But you've got to follow the will of God. Amen, Pastor. And I'm going to tell you what will happen if you will, if you will purpose in your heart to follow the will of God, you won't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this within your own power and mind. You know, there's been a lot of things and a lot of decisions that I've had to, I've had to make in life that uh, it was hard for me. It was hard for me. When I, uh, when I finally did accept the call to preach and, and started uh, moving in that, you know, especially when I started evangelizing full-time uh, in my ministry, I didn't have, I didn't always have cheerleaders, you know, to, whoo, good for you, boy, let's go, you can do it. I didn't always have that. Had, had people that questioned why I went here, why I went there, and why I was doing this, and why I was doing that. 
You know, I did have some. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say I didn't. I mean, I had some in my life, but not everybody was my cheerleader. And so, how many of you know it's difficult sometimes when you don't feel like you have support of the very folks that are? Come on, saints, that are closest to you. But listen, that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact that you still have to do the will of God. And the fact of it is, even though you may not have cheerleaders in your own house. Even though you may not have cheerleaders on your work or in your class at school or even among your friends, you may not have cheerleaders in the things that you've got to do in the doing the will of God. You've got a cheerleader sitting at the right hand of the Father that is always interceding for you, and He is your advocate, and He's the only cheerleader you need. And the thing about it is, the thing about it is, the Lord has promised us that He will give us whatever we need to do the will of God. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, uh, starting with verse 28, um, did I put that in there? Okay, so this is a famous uh, scripture right here. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Keep going. For whom he did foreknow, he, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified. Whom he justified, then he also glorified. Don't get lost in all that. Just keep, keep saying it with me. So what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now listen, how shall he not with him also freely give us all faith? See, when we start understanding the will of God for our lives, one of the very first things that we start questioning is, how in the world am I going to do that? How can I perform that? How can I do that task? I'm not that talented. I'm not that gifted. I'm not that smart. We start looking at our resources. When we, when, when we are looking at the will of God, for starting to understand some of the things that God is calling us and moving us to and what God is wanting us to do, we start looking at our resources and we immediately start telling God what we don't have. Well, Lord, I don't have this or I don't have that and I don't have a car and I don't have the money and I don't have the whatever. We immediately start telling God things that he already knows about. <laughs> Amen. I love it when, in the Bible, when the, uh, the Lord uh, came to Abraham and uh, he's, he's calling Abraham to do, do, his, you know, do the work there and, and to free his people and all that kind of good stuff. And Abraham said, well, Lord, I can't do that. I, I can't even talk right. As if the Lord didn't know who Abraham was. The Lord knew he talked like Elmer Fudd. He was, you know, he wasn't, he had a speech impediment. You know, he's, he's thinking by himself going before Pharaoh and said, let my people go, oh, oh, oh. you know. He just, he, he stuttered and stuff. So, Cheryl is with us this morning. Praise Jesus. You know, he, he's trying to tell the Lord what he can and cannot do. And the Lord looks at him and said, who made your mouth? I made your mouth. I knew this. It, listen, when Abraham said, Lord, I can't talk plain. The Lord didn't look at Abraham and say, what? <laughs> I never noticed. He didn't do any of that. He notices his speech impediment. He knew his weaknesses. He knew all of those things that was in his life and in his past. He wasn't asking him to look at his weaknesses. He was asking him to trust in him who was able to supply everything you need to do the will of God in your life. He uses this example by saying if he didn't spare his own son to give us 
to set us free and to do what he's called us to do, or to set us free, then why in the world would he not make sure that we had everything else that we need to continue to do the work of God? See, see, we are questioning the will of God because of our own inadequacies, but we don't understand that the Lord will supply everything that we need. And, and this is the other thing about the will of God that, that, that we need to understand. He will work out every detail. Now, I know he's going to give you some choices, some things you'll have to choose. And everything's not the choice between good and evil, you know. There are some, some things that he allows us to choose. But as far as continuing to do the whole will of God, he will work out every detail of it. Brother Fisher was here a few weeks ago, and, and he, uh, he mentions it often when I'm, I'm around him, a message that I preached here and a message I preached several places from the book of Exodus when they got ready to build the temple and how God was in the details of everything. Have you ever read that? You know, it's, it's interesting at first, and then you go, my Lord. You know, because you're not always into those kind of details about building. Um, when we were getting ready for Christmas uh, downstairs and stuff, me and, uh, uh, me and Pam had these details in our, in our minds. Uh, Brother Rick's wife, we were going we to decorate stuff and, and do some things downstairs. So we had these details in our lives. Well, then you have Cheryl. You know, <laughs> Cheryl don't care if there's cranberries in the jar. <laughs> she, you know, she, she doesn't, you know, those things don't, don't register, you know, because she's not in the details of that. She's in the details of some other things. But God is in the details of everything that you have need of to do the will of God for, his, for your life. One, one, of the thing, one of the things that um, amazes me about the season that we just came through uh, Christmas, talking about the birth of Christ and stuff. Do you realize that everything, everything that happened, happened according to and fulfilling Scripture? Everything that happened, things that God had already, already set in play, already set in place. Now, let's go through a few of them, right? Can, can we do that? Genesis chapter three and verse fifteen is the original plan. You know, Adam and Eve sinned, but uh, but what what he did was, and I, I probably didn't give you that Scripture, but what he did was God God set forth this whole plan. That, that the seed was going to come and, and he would bruise his heel, but he would crush the head of Satan. So this whole plan was set in place. So what happened? Well, there were several things that happened. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17 tells us that, uh, tells us, he said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. Uh, there shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheph. In this particular verse, it says that Jesus was going to come from the lineage of Jacob. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, he says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jesse is the father of David. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verses 5 through 6. And behold, the days uh, come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a, a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And, and 2 Samuel 7, 12 and 13 confirms again that David, he was going to come from the lineage of David. And Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, uh, he says in his day, uh, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, that thou, that though thou be little among the thousands, 
houses of Judah, yet out of these shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler over Israel. In other words, in this scripture, sets the place. He's not only going to come out of the lineage of Judah, but he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 tells us, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Mary's chosen, a virgin who'd never been with a man. She said, how in the world am I going to have a kid? I've never been with a man. He said, don't worry about it, girl. The Holy Ghost got this. He's already telling us exactly how it's going to come. Psalms chapter 72 and verses 9 and 10 talks about how the shepherds would come. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. And the kings of Tarshish and of the Isles shall bring presents, and the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. All of these things lining up to the birth of Christ. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15 talks about the time of Herod. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. This is talking about the time of Herod after Jesus was born and the wise men escaped and Jesus escaped. But Herod decided to kill all the children in the, in the city there uh, under the age of, of three and under, I believe it was. And so this is talking about even the time that Herod would be king at that particular time. All of this had to be fulfilled, and it was. Time, place, and people. And then if you look in Luke chapter 2, and you don't have that, I want you to look at that. In Luke chapter 2, it gives Mary's lineage. And Mary's lineage will go all the way back to Jesse and David and Jacob and Judah and Abraham. It'll go back just like the Lord said all through the prophecies in the Old Testament. Then you go in Matthew chapter 1, you'll find Joseph's lineage. And, and, and you, you can go all the way back, David and Jesse and Judah and all of those. Now, now Mary's is a little bit different from, from uh, in, in certain places, a little bit different than Joseph's. But it goes right through the direct and correct lineage to get all the way to Jesus. In fact, this is how much the Lord was in the details of his life. Mary was going to be the bloodline of Jesus. Joseph was not the bloodline, but he needed to be recognized publicly as the father of Jesus and had to line up with prophecy just like Mary did. And the Lord caused him to come through right the direct bloodline all the way down. Pastor, why are you going through all of that? Because I need you to understand that when the fullness of the time was come in Galatians 4 and 4 through 5, God sent forth his son and made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. The right time, the right place, the right people, and the right plan from the beginning. All of it designed by God, orchestrated by God, fulfilled by God. Do, do, you, can you, do you get what I'm saying? We're looking at the birth of Christ and all the minute details that God had to align up just right so that his will would be done perfectly and right. So when we read Romans and he says to us, if God spared not his son, that he'll give you everything you need, then what makes you think that he won't have just the right people just the right times, just the right places. Come on, saints. So that he might fulfill his will in your life. 
And I know sometimes it don't seem like it. I know sometimes it don't feel like it. Because it looks like the will of God is being interrupted. But even Romans says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Even those quote-unquote interruptions, the Lord will use what he need to use because God don't waste a thing, amen, when it comes to you and his will for your life. If God will do that for him, he'll do that for us. But this is the deal. You and I have got to get ourselves in the frame of mind that the most important thing in our life is the will of God. Because you know some interruptions come because you ain't doing it. The Lord's trying to get your attention. Well, How will I know? I know, you're trying to be confusing. You know. You know, but you know, we always tend to, well, I just didn't know. You knew. Come on now. Let's be real. You knew. You, you knew because, number one, you started questioning as it was happening. Well, is that you, Lord? I just feel, my heart just feels like I need it. I just got to get this off my chest. So there's some things you need to leave on your chest. <laughs> we don't need to see, but never mind. Leave it alone. You knew, but the Lord is here to help us to make sure that we are falling in line for what God has planned, not only for us in general, but what God has planned for us in our own personal lives. As we start, see, this is the deal. As we start this new year, everybody's making all these resolutions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fit, you know, all that. I'm already starting to see new faces at the gym. Amen. I won't look at them and say, I've been pumping it out for months. <laughs> you know, don't look like it. It always hurts my feelings when people who know I've been to the gym for several months look at me and say, how's it going? <laughs> that, hurts, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> it's true that it hurts my feelings. If my eating would match my gym, we'd be all right. But, you know, I compensate. <laughs> Got all these resolutions and all these things. Is the will of God in any of it? Have you prayed? Have you asked the Lord? Have you sought for his direction? Have you looked for where he is, what he's doing, where he is moving in your life? Because if not, you can make all the resolutions in the world. But what will you have accomplished? Right now is the time to focus on him, to seek him. That's one reason why we fast. Because fasting takes the focus off of us and it puts it on him. So that we can seek the will of God. What is it that the Lord wants to do for you? I guarantee you he's got answers for every question you have. If you'll take the time to sit at his feet and listen to what he has to say. The will of God. The will of God. Some of you have more, some of you have even heavier choices because you've got family. You've got children. I I'm learning this more and more. You that have children, y'all are faced with choices every day, every week. What you allow your kids to do, what you want your kids to be involved in, how, you know, all of those things. You've got those choices every day. And if you're not careful, you will make those choices based off the wrong premise. Every choice needs to ba be based on, is this the will of God for my kids' lives? Well, that's just too spiritual, Pastor. Well, I don't care what you call it. It is what it is. 
you are responsible for children. And the decisions you make and help them make, that helps them to either know they're in the will of God or not in the will of God. And it's time that we, we get our minds set on that and understand that that's the most important thing in, in our life. God meticulously planned and executed bringing Christ to us to give him as our ransom for the world. And if he'll do that, why would he keep anything from us that would work together to cause us to fulfill his will for our lives and his glory? Go back to Ephesians. I'm, I'm, I'm done. We're going to come and pray. Go back to Ephesians. He says, but you were sometimes in darkness. You were sometimes in dark. Quit acting like you're still in darkness. Walk as children of the light. But now are you light in the world. And, and for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Keep going. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Walk with purpose, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's move forward, and let's move forward rightly. What is it that God wants to do in your life, in your family, for this church? We're going to come and pray.